welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and our guest today is Dr. Serena Sterling. She has a doctorate in clinical psychology and is a certified life coach specializing in using mind-body stress reduction techniques to help people heal from their emotional and physical pain. Welcome. Thank you, Serena. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have Serena on the show. Um, I met her in Seattle a couple of years ago, and she is a she has a doctorate in clinical psychology from the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco. She's also a certified life coach, which we'll discuss in a second. And she's also learned a number of mind-body stress reduction modalities to help people with physical and emotional pain feel better fast. She specializes in helping people with chronic pain and medical unexplained symptoms, but she also helps athletes recover from injuries and overcome sports performance issues. She sees people in person in Portland, and more importantly, she also sees people remotely all over the world. So I'm excited to have her as a resource. We reconnected a few weeks ago. I think you emailed me for some reason. And so I immediately said, you have to be on the show. So anyway, <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Serena. Um, so as we talked before we started on the air here about your evolution of how you get into this process, and you had mentioned around 2001 is when your journey started in this direction. Yes. Um, my first career was in journalism. I had just completed a master's in international journalism in London. Um, having lived in Portland, Oregon for five years, I was like thinking that I can totally handle the weather over <laughs> in London, but it's actually colder and darker and wetter. Um, and I started to get tired over there. But, um, but then when I, I landed my dream job at a magazine called Spirituality and Health Magazine in New York City, and it's, it's down in the financial district. And on the morning of September 11th, I was stuck in the subway at Wall Street Station, just about two or three blocks from the World Trade Center, and when every all the chaos was happening, and wow. um, I, I came above ground, um, and the first tower had already fallen, and I think mm -hmm. that's when I went into shock, and I saw the second tower collapse, um, and I walked, you know, five miles home. I had all all this like ash in my hair. It was pretty traumatizing, as you can imagine. Oh and as a result though of, um, of just not knowing what to do with that kind of trauma and shock, I just held it all in. I didn't talk to anyone about it. I just think I cried the first night, but then I, um, but then I just held in all my feelings. And as a result of doing that, I just got more and more tired until it was just debilitating. And I was working from home because my office was somewhat damaged in the attacks. Um, it was just like all the debris came down through the vents and we had to get it cleaned. The office had to be cleaned. So I worked from home for five months and it was just getting, getting worse and worse. I finally went to my medical doctor and he diagnosed me with chronic fatigue syndrome. But then he told me, well, there's no cure. Uh, just stay away from sugar and caffeine and just learn to live with it. <laughs> that was so his... that was your first contact with the doctor after this all started? Yes. Okay. Did he know that you've been exposed that closely to the World Trade Center? Um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to take a segue here because I really want to hear the story. I did not realize you were that close to that 9-11 incident. That is horrifying. Um, so that's trauma. So how soon after the incident did you start to feel fatigued? 
Well, I, the thing is, I feel like I was starting to get tired over in London, but I think I was getting tired for a number of different reasons. I had a bad diet. I was a health journalist. I was studying mad cow disease while I was over there. Because from 2000 to 2001, um, foot and mouth disease came out. And I was just, so I was like, you know what, I'll just, I'll just be a fruitarian. <laughs> Basically, right. didn't, you know, I didn't want to eat the, the food. I didn't want to eat the animals. Um, and so I had a really bad diet, but I was also disillusioned by journalism. I just felt like I, there was something more I wanted to do, but I didn't know what it was. So I think I started to get tired over there. And then I just think that, cause I would go, but then when I got to New York, I would go to the world trade center. There used to be this underground mall and I, I would just go there for lunch and it was great, but I would like tire myself out walking around after 30 minutes and I would come back to my office, sit in my chair, kind of slump in it, turn my office chair around and take a nap. Like that's just okay. not normal. I was, you know, I was in my early twenties. Um, so. so your symptoms at the time were mostly fatigue. Any other physical symptoms you had at the time? Yes, I started to, I've, so I've had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis since I was nine years old and um, the joint pain got even worse. Um, but yeah. those were the two main, main symptoms. Ones. Okay. So I was going to stop for a second. I, my audience is used to getting me, hear me rant about this a little bit, but there's a new term out the last couple of years called medically unexplained symptoms. And maybe it was mentioned back then, but it's become really prominent in the last couple of years in medicine. Well, these are medically unexplained symptoms. They're trying to make that a diagnosis. And like they told you, well, you have chronic fatigue syndrome. So they put a diagnosis on you, but they didn't tell you why. And so we now know that with chronic pain or just under generalized threat, whether it's a mental threat or a physical threat, your body goes on the defense. If it's sustained, people get sick. So your adrenaline's up, cortisol's up, your the stress hormones are up, but more importantly, your metabolism is up and also, also your inflammatory markers are way up. So your body is subjected to sustained sustain inflammation, which physically damages the tissues. And so what happens is that the essence of chronic pain because also the inflammatory cells attack the nerves, actually increases the nerve production, people hurt more. Then with your stress hormones elevated and your inflammatory markers up, you're gonna feel tired. It's like driving your car down the freeway in second gear. You just start, you start getting worn out. And so that's, actually why I quit my surgical practice because we're actually doing surgery on abnormal physiology. So when I say medically unexplained symptoms, the symptoms are completely explained by the changes in your body's chemistry and metabolism, which we now know. But you know that, I know that, but general, as you know, in medicine in general, we still are doing the same thing about giving people labels and diagnoses. So I'm really curious how you came out of that. Um. Well, I would, I would love to, did, did doctors know this back in 2001, what you just explained? They don't know it now. Oh. No, I'm serious. They, it's, the neuroscience has been incredibly deep the last 10 years, especially the last five. And essentially none of this has entered mainstream medicine. So the chiropractors, some psychologists, um, and physical therapists are actually on top of this way more than physicians are. And this is sort of high school science class because if you have adrenaline cortisol and sustained, you get tired. And that's why I don't understand why we're so fixated on structure being the problem. I mean, probably 95% of symptoms are created by your response to the environment. So if you're under stress, whether again, mental or physical, well, let's say for discussion's sake, you're going home to an abusive relationship with difficult kids or lack of finances, when you're in a constant threat, 
But I didn't realize until about a year ago is, is that not only does your body chemistry change, is that your immune system fires up. You have a big inflammatory response. So that's what starts destroying the tissues. And then another friend of mine, I don't know if you know Dr. Kloss or not, has figured out that also your metabolism goes up. It was sustained need for fuel. You start actually cannibal, you start cannibalizing the glycoproteins or the or the cells in the tendons and ligaments, which accelerates the degenerative process. It was a long way of saying that it's absolutely clear what the problem is. These symptoms are completely explained. And just at the same time, as you, as you ask the question, this term medically unexplained symptoms is now coming into more favor with the medical profession, not less. Hmm. It's a little yes. discouraging. It would have been really helpful for that doctor to tell me that explanation or, or explain, but he, but he basically was like, just learn to live with it, learn to cope. Right. And I, I wasn't satisfied with that answer. I, I honestly feel like if I was supposed to live with a debilitating fatigue for the rest of my life, I probably would have killed myself. Honestly, it's like so debilitating. You can't live. Like I was this high achieving person who just earned a master's in journalism and I can't just like sleep for like 18 hours a day. Right. So what started to um, give you some insights? You, you were in journalism at the time. You started to get sick, a lot of mm -hmm. fatigue. How did you decide to come out of journalism? Well, I, um, I, ha I had to get answers for this fatigue issue. So I had been introduced um, to this one technique when I was still in college in Portland called neuroemotional technique. And I decided that I, you know, I was like, I don't know what it is, but I figured that I was, there were probably some emotions that I could figure out and I could maybe resolve that and I could feel better. So I found a practitioner in New York City and, um, and she's a chiropractor and I explained my symptoms over the phone and she was like, oh yeah, absolutely. It makes perfect sense why you're tired. It's all part of like, she explained it in very rudimentary ways, which I need, um, I need at the time. And she was just like, this is part of a pie and you have arthritis. So that's one part of the pie and you also have fatigue. And now we you know we have to figure out why the fatigue is there. So I saw her um, and after the first session, I walked home three miles and I hadn't been able to walk more than three blocks without getting tired and needing a nap. So oh. she, um, I initially just worked with her on the emotional place, but then after a few weeks, she put me on a really strict diet, like an anti-candida diet, you know, just mainly protein and vegetables. Basically all these other diets came out after, after that time. So I would say it's kind of like a paleo diet. Um, she put me on- an But basically an anti-inflammatory diet in retrospect. Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like there is, you know, low glycemic foods and um, stay away from nightshades and things like that. Stay right. away from like gluten, dairy, basically, you know, don't have fun in New York City in your 20s. <laughs> that was the right. diet. <laughs> um, and I asked, she also put me on certain supplements and certain homeopathic remedies. And in three weeks, I was 100% better. Um, and I, before I left New York, I, I told that doctor, I went back to him and I was like, you need to get in touch with this doctor. Like, she's amazing. She healed me when you told me I would just have to live with it. And he right. didn't seem to be very interested. No, that's been a common story because I have lots of patients. So I want first of all, go back to your story because people say, well, okay, so you were sick and fatigued for how long before this happened, before you got healed? Um, well, I say it would probably, had probably started in the spring and then it just got exacerbated you know in september after the 11th okay September. so about six months or so mm -hmm. okay 
So here's the part, you're not gonna like what I'm gonna say here, but I'm gonna say it anyway. So this is the part, again, is just incredibly upsetting to me is that, okay, so you're fatigued, you're tired, and in three weeks, you're basically 100%. So that's where doctors say, well, this is psychological, right? It's just imaginary psychological, whatever it is. So, and I'm one of those people, I'm a surgeon. And so if I couldn't see something, why this is psychological, I would try to talk to a psychologist. But what she did is that she created, first of all, she explained things, which creates a sense of safety. Mm -hmm. The second thing is she did things to you that lowered your inflammatory markers. And once you, so it can happen within days. We see this happen all the time. Within days to weeks, people can shift out of this body chemistry that's adverse. Once your body chemistry normalizes, within a day, you're fine. So I never could understand. We used to do these workshops back in New York, one in Seattle. And within three to five days, almost the entire group would go to pain-free. Now, when, when they went back to their triggers, they would go back into their symptoms a lot of the time. We never could figure out why this happened. And now it's pretty clear it's the immune system and the body chemistry shifts quickly and the symptoms change right now. There's also a lot of neurological changes in your brain. So this is not psychological, but we, all, we now know that anxiety is the result of a threat, not the cause of it. We know that anxiety is just a sensation generated by, by the body's stress chemicals and inflammatory response. And it's way more powerful than the rational brain. And physicians just drop people up to the psychologist and think this is a psychological problem. And so they would use your story as sort of an example of validating your situation. Well, these are medically unexplained symptoms. Who knows, who knows why you get sick? Who knows why you healed? And so the interest in medicine is not very high. It's a little, it's a little discouraging. So, um, so, the, so you get, okay, so I'm, you get better within three weeks <clears throat> and now it's about 10, let's see how many, I guess, 18 years later, um, you're still doing pretty well, I'm assuming. Yeah, definitely. I, um, there are times when I do get tired. I think I'm susceptible to it. I think it's just another way that my body, um, it's a, a symptom that my body gives me when I'm repressing emotions right. because I've built up a tolerance to pain and I still get tension from time to time, but I have, I have these techniques that I have now learned. So that was what... Um, so Dr. Linda Rendazzo is her name in New York City. And I feel like she, because of my results that were so phenomenal, um, and it, it may have been, it may have been a combination of things, but it was the, it was the emotional, um, this, this mind-body stress reduction technique that I was fascinated by that like within, I could feel better within one session, within just minutes. Right. Um, just by identifying emotions that I didn't know that I was repressing and then taking them to an earlier time in my life and seeing how they were triggered, how I was right. getting re-triggered in the present. And just by doing that, which I feel like sometimes therapy can just take a lot longer. And so it was a physical condition that I was healing from, but I also felt amazing in New York City after 9-11 when most people were depressed and anxious. Right. Well, that's what's so fascinating about this thing is because <clears throat> what I'm excited about the process now, and I'm just learning this over the last 12 months about the autonomic nervous system, is that, you know, we talk about anxious, anxiety and frustration as psychological construct, and they're just simply the body's response to threat. And we also know that repressed emotions are a much bigger problem than expressed emotions, even though they're both problematic, we don't process them correctly. 
And that's what got me in big trouble with my own chronic pain issues. I was a master suppressing everything, positive, negative, whatever it was. I just was this surgeon who was fearless. Then in one day in 1990, I went into a panic attack out of nowhere. It turns out, as this friend of mine, Dr. Stephen Porges pointed out, I just had a dysregulated autonomic nervous system. So I had this massive heartbeat, sweating, thought I was going to die. Well, what is that? I mean, that's not really psychological when you, when you almost pass out. So your body's physiology changes. And I had this adrenaline flood. My autonomic system was way off. And this, it's just how the body works. So how did you decide to go into psychology then? That's still a big track from journalism. Absolutely. Well, I was, I was doing like the health articles at Spirituality and Health magazine. And then I... Uh, I just felt like there was something more I wanted to do. And so when I had had this recovery from the fatigue and the joint pain, it was that technique that she was using with me. I mean, she used a number of techniques, but the one that really resonated was, was the ones that could figure out my emotions. Okay. And, um, and I, growing up in my family, it was just like, I, I never went to a psychologist because it was so like it was stigmatized. It was like, there's something terribly wrong with you if you have to go see a psychologist. Right. So I saw like a school counselor in high school. It was a horrible disaster. I saw someone after 9-11 because someone recommended it and it was that was also terrible. And so, but in order to learn this one technique called neuroemotional technique, I had to get a higher degree in one of the healing arts. So I had to be going to chiropractic, acupuncture, naturopathy, um, medicine, or psychology. <laughs> I was like, well, and I like weighed the pros and cons of all of them. And I decided psychology because I was fascinated with the mind body connection of how your thoughts alone can make you ill or the reverse is true. And so in order to learn the technique, I had to, I did the psychology, but my journalism degree, my so journalism degree. Psychology at California Institute of Integral Studies. Is that where you did that at? Yes. Okay. What year, when, how long ago was that that you did that? Um, 2002 to 2008. Okay. And then you made a decision to um, go into more of a coaching role than the clinical psychology role. I'm yes. just curious how that transpired. Um, at the time, it was kind of like, well, why would I go through a six-year doctoral program, do my whole postdoc hours and then become a coach. <laughs> like it just, right. the time it didn't seem to make sense, but it was that the thing is that if you are licensed in your state, then you can only see people in your state. So even though I'm in Portland, Oregon right now, right. if I want to, if someone from Vancouver, Washington, which is 20 minutes away were to come see me, I couldn't see that person because I they're see. in Washington. So I wanted to be able to see people from all over the world. Um, having lived in London, having like, you know, traveled all over the place. I lived in Sydney, Australia as well. Like I just wanted to be able to um, provide what I do, these techniques, the counseling, the the things I've learned. I use my psychology degree and experience to inform my decisions and make connections. But then with the coaching, I'm more interactive. I can hold people accountable to their, their actions, but I can also see people in France or Belgium or Malaysia or wherever it is. Okay. So you can see anybody all over the world through telemedicine. Yes. Thing. Okay, nice. Well, I'm excited because I, you know, we're looking for resources because what you're doing is the basic classic solution to chronic pain. And we found out that mental pain is actually a bigger problem than physical pain. But again, it's primarily a physiological problem, not psychology. You know, psychology is obviously the input, mental threat input. You can, you can call that the psyche if you want. But I 
I prefer to get rid of the word psyche just because it's a loaded word, even though technically it's correct. But human consciousness is a problem because you can't escape our thoughts or escape our emotions. And again, what made me incredibly ill was repressed emotions. And so allowing people to feel these emotions and still feel safe is really a critical part of the, essentially the healing process. And so the essence of the problem in chronic pain, again, I'm gonna use the word mental pain, is sustained exposure to unpleasant thoughts and emotions. And the solution is learning to be exposed to those and feel safe. So it's basically from threat to safety, it makes a big difference. Can you share with us your, just the basic core technique, a little bit more detail, we say neuroemotional training? Yes, so it uses a very basic form of applied kinesiology or muscle testing. So, okay. um, and I can do that remotely as well. Um, and because we're all energy and it, by doing that, I'm asking the body for answers rather than asking the mind. And I, I found this with myself and I found this with a lot of my clients who are very intelligent and could just talk a lot about, uh, the details, but not really get into their feelings. Right. Um, and so I feel like the, the body is kind of like a computer and it holds all your memories and all your emotions. And even if we're not able to consciously know what feeling we're having in the mo moment, we can ask the body and the body will tell us. Right. Uh, so I use the muscle testing and then I use, there are a lot of different principles in some of these techniques. Um, but it's the idea is that I'm asking the body for um, answers in terms of what emotion are you responding to now in the present that you repressed. And you, we repress emotions for all sorts of reasons, but it, to me, it seems that like, go ahead. Well, did they, did, did they didn't ex experience the actual physical symptom when they connect with that emotion sometimes? Um, I use the symptom as an entryway because I'm not chasing the symptom. I'm looking for the root cause of why okay. the symptom is there and the emotions that got stuck in the body that are coming out in the symptom. Right. Can you um, share with us this one story of somebody who you've worked with type thing? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, this is, a, uh, there was one I was thinking of because of your, our discussion around medically unexplained symptoms. I had this woman um, about a year ago who came in and she had, she was developing a rash on her face. Um, I had told her if you know, it was on her elbow, she probably would have taken a lot longer to come see me. But, um, you know, she went to the medical doctor and he was like, well, take some Benadryl. It'll be fine. Right. <laughs> and it was coming out at all different times and Benadryl didn't do anything. And so over the course of our work together, um, I wanted to find out when it was coming out, what was going on in her life right around, like before, after the rash was exploding on her face. And it turned out that it had to do with how uh, she responded to her husband okay. or how he was responding to her. To me, it always comes down to relationships. Okay. Um, and if she got upset about something, he would just be very demeaning and just kind of like really unsensitive. She wouldn't feel safe, for example. Right. And he would just be like, why are you crying? Stop crying. This is gonna. This is not a very big thing to cry about. And she would just have to repress her emotions even more. And so, and then she would just, you know, be really angry and skin disorders are really connected to emotional issues. Right. Um, and so once we figured out, okay, it's your response to, we can't change your husband, but you can change your response to him and you can express right. your emotions, even if he's not very accommodating. Right. And how long did it take for her to resolve the problem? Um, 
three months. Three months. And she, she, okay. So that's a classic situation. Okay. So again, I'm going to get rid of those psychology for a second. So you have an environmental stress, which you don't feel safe. Actually, relationships are very deep triggers, very powerful and very disruptive. And so if you're not allowing, allowing yourself to feel mental pain, you're going to feel physical symptoms. It's going to come out somehow because the body chemistry has changed. We also now know that anxiety, anger, bipolar, OCD are all inflammatory disorders also. So I had, there's over 30 physical symptoms for sustained exposure to threat. I had 17 at the same time. And one of those was migratory skin rashes. They would come up and down the hub all over my body. And I was, I went to the doctor who just said, well, take some Benadryl. Nobody knew what was going on. And again, it's one of those symptoms that completely resolved. I will say though, if I'm repressing again, which I do really well, that the first symptom is always a skin rash in the back of both my wrists. It is very mild now. And so I just use my bodily symptoms the same way I do the feelings where, okay, the skin rash is here, I'm triggered. I may not feel triggered, but also these skin rashes are here. And I, I just use my techniques to calm down. So interesting. So can you tell us how, in the second podcast, I do want to ask us more details about the other techniques that you have and the approach. But um, this is a wonderful story, really incredible. I'm excited that you're a resource. Can you tell us how to get a hold of you? I mean, if we want to access your services, why? how would we uh, get a hold of you? Yes, absolutely. I have a website, drserenasterling.com. Okay. And I also offer a free 20-minute consult to see if you have any questions or to get to know each other, find out if I might be the right fit for you. Um, and then I, the reason I contacted you a few weeks ago is because of my book that I have coming out um, called Pain, A Love Story. Okay. So that will be coming out at the end of the year, early, early January. Okay. Fantastic. So we'll make sure that, that those connections are in the show notes. And I'm excited because I honestly didn't know your background. I didn't really know. We talked a little bit in this channel, but I was just started, sort of started my own journey on really understanding the neurochemistry of chronic pain. And if you talked to me about two years ago with this exact story, I still, still would have gone sort of, hmm, sounds psychological to me, but it's such a clear connection between threat and physiological changes. It's really clear. And so once you understand the autonomic nervous system's response to the threat, of course, with skin rashes, you have histamine issues. And of course you have the actual autonomic nervous system and inflammatory issues. So that's physiological changes in response to threat. So anyway, Serena, thank you very, very much. I'm excited to have you in the show and I'm really excited to have you as a resource. This is great. Thank you. I've been enjoying this uh, time together. Thank you. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Serena Sterling, for being on the show today and for sharing her personal story of overcoming disabling chronic fatigue and the evolution of her approach to treating chronic pain. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.